You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati marhaban bikum fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. This is China Africa Talk listeners. Welcome to another episode. I'm Bridget Mutambirwa coming to you from the Chinese capital in Beijing. Now, as usual, we bring you discussions on what's happening with Africa and China from a Chinese and African perspective. Today, we discuss the China International Fair for Trade and Services (CIFTS) opportunities it offers and China's role in service trade with Africa. This year's China International Fair for Trade and Services was successfully held in Beijing this week. The event at two major venues attracted more than 2,000 companies from around the world. The total value of China's service trade climbed 12.9% year on year to nearly. 6 trillion yuan or about 833 billion US dollars last year retaining the second spot globally for 9 years in a row Chinese president Xi Jinping addressed CIFTS and reaffirmed China's commitment to high quality development and high level opening up Now for discussions I'm joined by Gary Kashitiku at the Embassy of Zimbabwe in Beijing and Professor Liu Jicheng a senior fellow of Chongyang Institute for Financial Studies with the Renmin University. It's Professor Liu and Mr. Kashitiku, thank you for joining me today on China Africa Talk. Thank you, thank you my for... pleasure. Great. Right, let's begin with Mr. Kashitiku. The 2023 China International Fair for Trade and Services, which is one of the world's largest and most comprehensive fairs for trade and services, concluded on Wednesday at the China National Convention Center at the Shogun Park in Beijing. with the theme of opening up for better development cooperation for win-win future this fair showcases the most recent advancement in areas such as digital economy cultural services tourism services education services medical services and green development now we are aware that zimbabwe participated at this event i'd like to know from you as a zimbabwean exhibitor what's your general impression of the fair this year and what exhibition does zimbabwe bring to the fair. Thank you Ms. Bridget and thank you to the viewers and TGTN now so thank them for according this embassy the opportunity to participate in this interview and I'm uh, participating on behalf of his excellency lieutenant general retired Dr. Martin Chedondo who is unavailable today. Uh, back to your question Ms. Bridget I think coming at the backdrop of the covid pandemic uh, which has affected the effective participation of many exhibitors. Mm-hmm. The fact is that this year's fair was conducted offline attracted a huge turnout like the figures that we have read sure. the figures sure. that we also witnessed on our own a best testament to the success of this current fair it is yeah. quite amazing that the turnout is huge especially one can actually say the world was eager to come to siftis i think that to sum it up to say the world was eager to come and attend siftis Uh, the other person, uh, I think, uh, as an exhibitor, you are right that uh, the embassy they put there, which we exhibited uh, primarily two products: uh, one on cultural wood carvings and tourism, which received considerable attention from the visitors. Mm. And now that the COVID travel restrictions are behind us, many people were inquiring on our destination packages, and okay. we hope we shall see a continued tourist arrival from this particular 
market. So the two products we took to the fair mm-hmm. received quite considerable attention and we hope to maximize on that going into the future. Mm. Thank you, Bridget. All right. Professor Liu, so far, how do you assess China's role in service trade with Africa? I think China relations with Africa is so important as, as developed in the past almost uh, half century. We know that China and Africa are good friends and good partners mm-hmm. and also, as we always call that, a good brother. Not only in trade relations, but in all round of relations, economically, politically, and diplomatically, right. all these fields that we both sides have really intensive exchanges. And nowadays, by the shift fair that both sides, they can closely cooperation to know much better with each other, sure. each other's disadvantage and advantage and what their real wishes and what China can do mm-hmm. help this African country to how to develop the continent as a whole. So this is a very important strategic action taken by both sides and also well accepted, understood by the global market. This is a very important event for the African and also for China, you mm. see, especially for manufacturing, information exchanges and uh, not only infrastructure, but all kinds of the services industries can be really well developed. Mm. Uh, Mr. Kashichiku, so far, how do you assess China's role in service and trade? Do you believe that trade in services between Zimbabwe and China has developed? What's your take? I mean, picking on from uh, what Professor Liu has just explained mm. from the political and the trade aspect vis-a-vis the relationship between China and Africa. It is really on firm ground. We've had numerous initiatives from FOCA to BRI. Now we are talking about the Global Development Initiative. All those have culminated in further strengthening of bilateral trade between China. And the statistics speak for themselves. Back to the question on the services, as you have asked me, mm. I think because trade services is quite a broad range of areas from mm. transport, tourism, accounting, finance, intellectual property, governmental, legal services, mm. a minimal, you can think of a minimal, but I'm um, when we talk about the service sector, very little is talked about uh, the contribution of education. And that this is where particularly I want to emphasize that China and Africa has been doing tremendously well in terms of the service sector. China has gradually increased its footprint in this area. And Mm. by 2020, around 50,600 foreign students came to China. And the large part of that were from the African continent. When you look at the medical services, Mm. when you look at the tourism services, those have already been in existence for for such a long time. But I think there's a new kid on the block, the education Mm. sector. And Mm. there is potential really to develop this service sector between China and Africa. And that also speaks to, I believe, there's then scope for more strengthening of service sector between Zimbabwe and China. We can't isolate Zimbabwe from Africa because everything happens in the context of China-Africa trade. And I believe there's more we can do with China as Professor Liu has already mentioned. It, it has attracted a significant number of companies and organizations from all over the world. Why do you think this is appealing to African countries, including Zimbabwe? And how can Zimbabwe use this opportunity to further development with China? You know, safety has become not just any fair. For many of us, it is now more like a one-stop center where a country like Zimbabwe has an opportunity to create networks and sell its products to a wide range of players, not necessarily having to travel to many different locations. That saves money, that saves time doing two things. And as a country, we are pursuing a robust measures aimed at strengthening the service trade ties with China. Mm. And this is informed by our national development strategy 
which we call Vision 2030, where we aspire to attain an upper middle income status. Contextualize this, let me use the example of for government policy on value addition sure. for our primary commodities. Yeah, sure, Bridget, you may want to know, and our viewers, you may want to know that more than a third of value addition of exported manufacturers comes from services that have done gone through them. Mm-hmm. For example, any product you see that has been value added, there are a number of services that would have been from logistics, handling, mm-hmm. transportation, shipping, up to the final product that we see on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So there is, when we are talking, when my company is talking about uh, value addition of its primary commodity, in essence, it is opening up more opportunities for trading services along the entire value chain. So it is our hope that the Chinese business people will take advantage of such a policy to strengthen trade in services ties between our two sides. Mm, it's interesting that you gave all these illustrations because even um, some uh, guests who were actually visiting the African pavilions were surprised to find, okay, there's actually African countries that are here that could actually offer some services. So it's nice that you actually mentioned that the services actually go into value addition. Over to you, Professor Liu. Beninese President Patrice Talon attended the Global Trade and Services Summit at CIFTIS during his state visit to China. What signal does that send about trade and services between China and Benin and the continent? Yes, I think it is quite important in the steps that are taken by both sides, China mm. and African countries. We both sides have to sign the full agreement for closer cooperation, especially for win-win strategy. Mm-hmm. As we know, China's Belt and Road Initiative has been already well understood and accepted and cooperated by the African countries. As we know that the African countries are in the historically that are good partner for China. For me, my personally, you know, I have so many African friends during my university time that already 60 years before, 50 years before in mm. the Beijing uh, language uh, institution, uh, university. I had so many schoolmates, uh, uni- university students mm. now. Mm. The graduates, they oh. made a great contribution to the development in the country. We have closely cooperation. I have many friends also in the African ambassador and ambassadors in China. So we exchanged all these uh, views and and the technical uh, advantage with each other. So we hope that by such action, we can take more efforts, effective efforts that to deepen cooperation between the two sides. As we know that Africa is really a very rich continent with many high quality talented. Sure. We have to cooperate with each other. We mm-hmm. think that what China can do, that, that the African can also the same, they can achieve the same achievements as China. So in this way, that, that both sides should really cooperate with each other in all fields, in scientifically, in biotechnology, mm-hmm. in the clean energy, in the uh, high, uh, smart uh, development, so all these things that from both sides, we should have a very close cooperation. Of course, the important thing that the heads of the uh, China and the African countries should have closely cooperation that contacted mm-hmm. with each other. For instance, the Benin's president sure. visited China, had a very friendly, frank uh, talks with the Chinese leader. This is really very good face-to-face talk mm-hmm. to intensify the good mutual understanding so that 
I think that China and the African continent should be really cooperated to set a good example how to cooperate, how to coordinate with each other, solve all the problems what we have, we are facing. Nowadays, you see the global market is on uncertainty. It's with many challenges, especially the food security is very serious in African, mm. in African continent. Mm -hmm. continent. So I think China can do a lot in this field to help the African people to get rid of poverty, to get rid of uh, difficulties in the uh, stream, the weather, for instance, so for agriculture and also for health care. It all feels that both sides can support each other. So we hope and I believe that uh, we have a shared future in the future. So I get the sense that China is basically signaling that there is room for cooperation with Africa under mutual understanding. That's true. Okay, uh, Mr. Kashitiku, let's go over to some potential areas. The Global Services and Trade Summit, which is also part of the CIFTA, as I highlighted earlier, is held on a larger scale, inviting foreign government dignitaries, ministerial guests and heads of international organizations to attend and deliver speeches. Perhaps what are some potential areas in service and trade that Zimbabwe and China could collaborate towards, as highlighted by the dignitaries? And also to expand on what uh, Professor Liu has just mentioned, that look, um, China is basically saying we have room to cooperate with each other under a mutual understanding. So perhaps on your end, what would you say are potential areas in service and trade that the two countries could collaborate on? Thank you, uh, Bridget. And I think uh, Pro Professor is very right uh, when he mentioned the face-to-face -face interaction. In any business, you know, we had uh, come accustomed to online business uh, uh, services. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, many have developed trust in the online platform. But I think the element of physical uh, interaction mm. brings in the cultural mm. aspect. People start to understand each other when they see each other. And it's easy to make decisions based on face-to-face -face interaction. So I think this kind, this uh, 2023 fair brought in that element, people to see even the state visit by the president of Benin opened mm. doors to say we are ready to engage. And I think it's something, it's a positive step going forward. Regarding your question about the speeches that were delivered by the important dignitaries, a number of issues were raised, but I guess the most important issue that every speaker who spoke was focusing on areas of comparative advantage for themselves. Okay. Perhaps lessons learned would be on collaboration, particularly on the normative side of trade and services. I think Professor, he has done a lot of uh, tremendous research mm. on um, a wide range of uh, topics. Mm. would agree with me when it comes to the issues of normative side of the trade and services. Sure. One typical challenge with uh, trade and services is that unlike tariffs on goods, mm. they are embedded mm. in domestic laws and regulations that pursue legitimate public policies. Mm. For example, we have anti-money laundering laws in many jurisdictions, mm. and these tend to impede on smooth trading services. But of course, uh, there is always potential that exists, and uh, that also suffice to say for Zim and China, the, the, the areas that we could cooperate on if we address some of these uh, normative issues that facilitate uh, cross-border trade in services, mm. you know, there is tourism is already there. Right. We have the cultural aspect is already there. Economy is there. Medical services, green development, all those things are already there. But I think our challenge is that it is mainly limited to government interaction, like what the professor was referring to. Mm. There is very little involvement of our private citizens, the private sector who are supposed to drive 
business to business exchanges. Mm. For example, I'll give an example of sure. the current setup we have is sure. uh, in terms of business, we have a lot of uh, Zimbabweans who are into shipping and logistics business, mm. who are into business consultants back home in Zimbabwe, providing consulting services to Chinese business who, people who come to want and establish themselves. In this business is flourishing mm. behind the scenes and we are not aware of these things because there is no bilateral legal framework to support mm. these uh, the, 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 these exchanges between our people. And when you come in, obviously, when you come to China, we also have a lot of Chinese citizens offering uh, different kind of services yes. uh, to our business people when they come here. You know, sometimes we loosely refer to them as runners. Mm. We loosely refer to them as shippers, but they are providing a critical service mm. for the smooth operation of business. This is they are part of the global. Uh, supply chain system and we need to have uh, bilateral legal frameworks that supported the engagement of this so I, I believe that collaboration there is so much we can do uh, between china and zimbabwe and between china and africa as well because this kind of uh, phenomena is uh, across many countries because when we interact with our citizens we interact with different citizens from, from across uh, the continent and i believe we have uh, many opportunities to pursue with china Okay, very interesting areas that you've raised there. Still on you, Mr. Kashitiku, Chinese President Xi Jinping reaffirmed China's commitment to high standard opening up and high quality development while addressing the event. Now, what, what's the significance of China championing development and promoting trade in today's world, which the president said is confronted with accelerated changes and seen in a century coupled with a sluggish economic recovery? What's your take? I think it is common cause that when you are most vulnerable, when you are most weak, when you are most threatened, mm. particularly by the effects of the COVID pandemic, climate change, geopolitical conflicts, the logical thing to do would be to unite our energy and defend the development gains we have achieved. Mm. But however, that's not the case. Uh, what we have witnessed is that uh, uh, some countries have res- resorted to trade distortions, practices, and undermine globalization under the guise of uh, decoupling or de-risking. And China has stepped up to uh, efforts, not just to spearhead global economic growth, but opening up its economy uh, in its economic space. And it has also opted to share its prosperity with the rest of the world. Mm. You know, when others perceived championing development as a means to maintain global dominance, China is doing the opposite. China Mm. is seeking win-win for all Mm. through initiatives such as the Belt and Road, which is going to celebrate its uh, 10th anniversary very soon. We also have the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation. We have the Global Development Initiative, Mm. Global Security Initiative, and now we have the Global Civilization Initiative. All this, when you put them into perspective, you see that the championing of development is not selfish, if I may use that word. It is for common good, for common uh, prosperity, for mankind so that no one is number one because everyone needs to get something out of uh, uh, the developmental gains we have so i guess the projection and the presence the prince statement is really on point and uh, it shows how the chinese wisdom is taking into the uh, the world how we're supposed to move going forward as humanity because we all need each other at the end of the day and just to wind off our discussion, Professor Leo, this year's CIFT has focused on nine thematic exhibitions, including education, health services and information services, just to mention a few. Now, what 
should countries in Africa be seeking to learn from China's experience in these areas um, in order to become more developed? I think there are many things that for, for both for China and Africa to learn from each other. Not mm. only that we ask African friends to learn from China. This is one way we should have a two-way, a double-way sure. learning. This is very important, as we always say that we both sides are very equal. Mm -hmm. But for China, as you already know, that China has played so important role in the economic community. That China is the country that always uh, honored its uh, uh, commitment that no other Western country can like China to honor its commitment as its promises. Mm -hmm. So this is the first way and a very strong point. Actually, China's strong point is not only to help you to find every country to find their difficulties, what the problems or what challenges they are, mm -hmm. but China is trying to provide the solutions. This is the way that the, or differences that China has done and contributed to the uh, African countries, but also we learned from our own history. Right. We learned from our practice in China because from the past 200 years, 300 years, we learned what, what should be done that, to develop our economy, mm -hmm. to unite our nation, to have uh, joined unified efforts to develop our economy. So this is what we uh, can provide. We provide uh, African continent that uh, a solution that means that for instance one build and the road initiative mm. and also other financial measures we can do it and also in other different ways as you mentioned that this ways that in digital in, in chemical in the health in all these other uh, products that China can really uh, provide its way that uh, to develop its country but I think the three points must be emphasized okay the first is the original purpose of development. Okay. The original purpose is to protect the interest of the people. Okay. The increase the, to upgrade the, the living standard of your people. Okay. This is the original, we call the originating purpose for, to, for reform and opening up. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you should unite all people in domestically and also internationally okay. to help the, uh, with the learn each other. That is the win-win strategy we have. Because you cannot uh, make all everything by yourself. So mm -hmm. you have to coordinate and cooperate with all friends all over the world. So mm -hmm. the second. And the third, you have to prepare the most difficult challenges by your own. Only in this way that uh, this is a way called in China a very famous uh, policy strategy. This is a bottom line thinking, mm, okay. bottom line concept. That means we try our best result, but we prepare the what's the worst, uh, the bottom line. We cannot be uh, uh, exceeded. So in this way that uh, we can avoid any possible risky and also we can try our best uh, benefits and the result. I think the three points, if we say this is the experiences from China, I think this really can, could uh, provide to the African uh, friends and the continents that they should have a real purpose to serve the people and also they should have friends all over the world. And the third, they should have the bottom line thinking that uh, how to avoid any possible and unexpected risky that you can safeguard your development, in my opinion, yes. Okay, I'll just rephrase some of the lessons that you've highlighted that you said original purpose of development, 
unite all people domestically and internationally and prepare for the most difficult challenges. That's true. Yeah. Right. Professor Liu and Mr. Kachitegu, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Bridget, for inviting the embassy. And like I said, my ambassador they wanted to be here to attend this interview, but due to conflicting schedules, he's not available. But in any case, I want to, on his behalf, express our appreciation for inviting the embassy to contribute towards this uh, very enriching discussion. Thank you to the listeners. We say thank you to CGTN2. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, we value your feedback. For any comments on this episode, drop us an email on audionewsroom at cgtn.com. Until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.